Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. season four and this is episode 11 this is danielle and jenna yes real talk podcast hey guys you guys Uh, yeah if you didn't hear last week's episode you need to go back you're strongly encouraged to go back and listen we got so much feedback i don't know jenna did you get feedback about the last podcast yeah i had lots of people reaching out to me just just really blown away by Tyler's testimony and people reaching out asking, could he come and share, you know, at their churches or whatever. So <laughs> it's just, it's a right now message, like yeah. his testimony and his message. It's just incredible. So, yeah, it was so, so good. You guys, like anybody just like, go check it out. You'll be so encouraged. So that was last, um, that was last podcast episode, but this pod- podcast episode, um, you just really been thinking about the difference between a worldview and a biblical worldview and, you know, something Jenna and I, you know, we were just talking about that this podcast, this is, uh, typically going, you know, we're not, we're not evangelizing, like you said, Jenna, right. We're, we are seeking to encourage the body of Christ and believe that most of our listeners, uh, are, um, you, you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, um, you, you maybe are listening for encouragement, but we are approaching real life issues and, and, and just real, real life from a biblical perspective. Right. So here's the crazy fact. And we, we want to, we want to share this with you, but then we want to pray, right. According to this, um, survey released by the cultural research center at Arizona Christian university, uh, and this was just a recent, um, a recent survey, only 37% of pastors in the U S hold a biblical worldview. So that's, I mean, that's, that's shockingly low. Um, and then I know the number is even lower for, obviously if we're talking about youth, youth pastors and whatnot. Um, but, but what, what consists of a biblical worldview. Uh, they, they based it on seven different categories from family and the value of life, right? So the sanctity of life, um, which we're going to talk about in here in just a little bit, and then creation and history. Um, other categories were personal faith practices, uh, sin, salvation, and one's relationship to God, um, human character, human nature. So just a, a variety of different things, right? But the, it's like, that's shocking to me. I don't know, like just 37%. So I want to take time um, to pray about that and, and talk about it a little bit and also encourage and challenge you listeners or in challenge. This is challenging me too. You know, do I really have a biblical worldview and am I, am I bringing things to the word of God um, as, as the plumb line, you know, because it's getting crazy. It is getting crazy out there. Um, and yeah, like <laughs> either have a biblical worldview or you don't. And, uh, my husband keeps telling me, you know, Danielle, it does, it makes no use to like 
engage on Facebook with debates, especially with people who have, you know, have a worldview. And so what's the solution, right? What's the solution? Jenna, what do you, what do you think about that? What is the solution? Well, first of all, I just want to say how shocking, how shockingly low that number is. I mean, yeah, 37. I thought you said like 70 something and you were like 37. I was like, what? I yeah. Was like, um, yeah, it's really shocking. Um, but you know, God's always had a remnant of his people and he's always been able to do miraculous things through a small group of people. And so, you know, I just would encourage, just like you said, listeners who are listening, um, man, really what's coming to me is, does this also correlate to like people who are in a real tangible relationship with Jesus Christ yeah. and people who are in religion. And so I, I don't know, you know, because when you encounter Jesus, you know, when you really encounter the real Jesus and you get filled with his love, you get filled with his spirit, your view on life is totally different. And you see things through the lens of the Bible. You read your Bible every day. You get up, you pray every day. You know, you Jesus becomes, you know, at the foundation of your core and your being, Jesus becomes everything. Yes. And, you know, I'm reminded of um, Apostle Paul in Philippians. I think it's Philippians 3. I just had this open to it, but I just, I wanted to read this right now because, this is this is what Paul says. He says, I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as the son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised eight days after my birth, and I was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism, living a separated and devout life as a Pharisee. And concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one surpassed me. I was without a peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted the Messianic believers with religious zeal. Yet all of the accomplishments, all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experience, experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. And yeah. so it goes on, but he literally was like everything that. I was raised in, which was like, he was raised in the right things, the, the religion. He knew the law. He knew the Torah. No one compared to him. But when he really had an encounter with Jesus, it literally is like, it was all garbage. It was thrown in a pile of, it, mean, it means nothing to me. Yeah. And so um, when I think about, you know, Christians having a biblical word worldview or not, I'm just like, that's, I don't know. It's, it's hard on my heart. Cause I'm like, how many people really have encountered the real Jesus? Because yes. it's very, very clear, you know, these things about life, these things about, you know, all of the, all the different things that you listed, like. Yes. Yeah. And it's Paul had, Paul had a transformation that totally changed. I mean, totally changed him. And I, I, I have to read this. So I just want to read to you guys this, this book. Um, I have been getting absolutely rocked by this book and um, there's a few of us now that are reading it and, um, the book is going to be at your doorstep <laughs> on Wednesday, Yay. Jenna, this book though. Um, and it was encouraged by Corey Russell. It's called discipleship begins with beholding and it's by Samuel Whitfield, but he talks about Paul. So beholding was not only the basis of Paul's conversion. So right. Beholding like ministering unto looking at Jesus. It was also the basis of his ministry. When we recognize the role beholding played in Paul's life, we can better understand 
his exhortion to the Corinthians that transformation begins with corporate beholding, right? So check this out, this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all, we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, right? The same image as Christ. We are being transformed and it's the believer, right? We are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the spirit, right? So transformation through corporate beholding um, or beholding has been God's method of discipleship from the very beginning. Um, it is an ancient pattern as old as the garden of Eden, right? And, you know, you look at how God created Adam and Eve, right? Male, female, we have right here, you know, exactly. God has this beautiful plan and how the enemy comes to try to distort the very first mandate. And we've talked about this on this podcast, but the very first mandate was to um, subdue and to uh, be fruitful and multiply. And how does the enemy come in? He, he tries to come in through confusion, you know, um, same-sex attraction, which we talked about that on the last podcast, um, or just completely wiping out the ability to procreate or to, um, you know, carry life in the womb. And that is you know, that's one of the, the topics we've actually talked about quite a bit on here on this podcast is life and um, abortion. And that's something, you know, my, my viewpoint will never be changed because it is based in biblical truth that, the, you know, that every life has value. And, you know, even in we, you know, we don't need to get into fully all of this, but that every single life has value, even even a baby who is conceived from rape, you know, um, violation does not have to equal violation. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot where that, you know, that comes from, and we could talk more about that, but um, you know, Jenna, when you think to just your time and your relationship with the Lord, I, I, I would have to assume just like for me, that when you think about the transformation that you've gone through, or the moments that you can think about actual specific moments of, of beholding where you felt a transformation happen, where you encountered Jesus, um, share about one of those times, like just share, share, um, to encourage, to, uh, just talk about that for you, that transformation and that beholding for you. Yeah. So let's go over the, de the definition of behold. So behold means to see, to look upon or to gaze at. And, you know, before I share that story, I just wanted to share, like, I've had this image, you know, like sometimes when you're praying and you close your eyes and you can see a vision or you just, and it's like, you go to another place and I keep having this reoccurring vision and it's like, Jesus is sitting there and I'm literally sitting on top of his lap, you know, and I have my head next to his chest and I'm just listening to his heartbeat and I'm just listening to his heartbeat. And, and I don't, I don't want to hear anything else. And it's not like he's saying, it's like literally just a heartbeat. And I think that that is where Jesus wants us. Like he wants us literally like what's, what's, what's the rhythm of your heart right now? Like, what is your, so this is kind of a parable. This is kind of like a picture of like, okay, where does he want us as sons and daughters? And I think that's right where he wants us, right? and the safety of his arms, the safety of his lap, and just ears attentive, eyes closed, just like, okay, God, like, I just want to hear your heart. I just want to hear your heartbeat. And, you know, um, you know, for me, 
I feel like in the midst of worship is where I, whether it's a corporate worship with other believers or it's just worship on my own with my headphones on, where I just really begin to encounter the Lord. I begin to hear him. I begin to see him. And, you know, um, I, my friend Tyler, who was on the last, he gave me a name as I'm a worship ambassador, which means I don't necessarily sound great, but I love to worship and I know how to worship. And so <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> and I'm so honored. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, I'll never forget that there was one time when um, yeah, I just was by myself, you know, in our garage worshiping and um yeah, I was just in that moment of just being there with Jesus. And I was like laid out on the floor and I, I can't remember everything that happened, you know, but I just remember the Lord saying like, Jenna, your worship and your singing is actually bringing healing to your body. And so I was so floored, you know, when I was reading in Proverbs, because I don't think that, you know, I had really, I had really ever read this before. Um, but it actually says that in Proverbs 14, 27, it says to worship God in wonder and in awe opens a fountain of life within you, empowering you to escape death's domain. So this means that when you worship God, it literally brings healing and life, a, a fountain of life within us, bringing healing to our body and our soul. And so I, I think that's just one of the things that kind of comes off off the top of my head, but yeah. And that reminds me those scripture verses or that scripture verse reminds me of um, even the one about being transformed. Like we all like, as you know, we're beholding, like when you spend time and you look at Jesus and you're worshiping him, there, there's that actual transformation. Um, and it's because we're, I mean, how do I say this? <laughs> we are not only co-laboring with Christ, but we are literally being transformed into the image of Christ, like as in a mirror. And, and, and this, this, this comes from this book. Again, I'm, I'm going to reference this book quite a bit in this podcast episode, but we were literally created to behold him. We have a desire for beauty, like just at the, at the, at the core of who we are created to be, we have a desire for beauty. And so you know, it, it matters where we're setting our gaze. And I just, I love that story. You've shared that before, but just about you were setting your gaze on him and, and, and worshiping him and you experience his presence. And, and there's nothing that compares to the presence of Jesus, nothing. And this is um, again, from this book is therefore um, the way that we satisfy our appetite for beauty will determine what we become, right? So if we're not looking at Jesus and we're trying to seek the world and I, you know, I tried that, I did that. It didn't work. It was a mess because there's that innate desire for beauty, but the world can never satisfy it. And that's why someone continues in those pursuits. Like it never really gets fed and Jesus is the only place. Right. And so I love this from, um, this is from Isaiah. Consider Isaiah 55. Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters and he who has no money, come by and eat, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that, which is not bread and your labor for that, which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food, right? So delight yourself in the things of the Lord, delight yourself in the word. 
and in, you know, in the, in the beautiful things of Christ, we were designed, we were created to desire beauty. Um, I, I can think back to like just several different times where, I mean, even today, like this morning, <laughs> I was reading this book and I told you, Jenna, I was so caught up, like just experiencing God's presence. I mean, there's just, there's just not words to it. It's, it's really incredible. Um, another time I think I'll think back to, um, being up at my cabin, up a uh, family cabin we have up North. And, um, I just been spending time with the Lord. I mean, really I was up there by myself. This was obviously before being a mom before Hadassah, um, but had been in the scriptures. And I remember like walking outside and it, for a moment, I, it just felt like God was in everything. I don't know how else to explain it, but it just, it felt like I was experiencing aspects of heaven. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to dull my senses and that's what I hope for listeners, you know, that we not dull our senses, but that we, but that we seek Christ and allow this beauty, this desire for beauty to be found in him. Cause he really is the only place that it, it can be found, you know? Yeah, that's really good. You know, I was also thinking about, you know, how as sons and daughters were to have a tender heart, you know, towards the Lord and, you know, all over the word, it talks about paying attention to your heart, paying attention to the posture of your heart. And there's all of the talk about having a hardened heart or having a heart of flesh, having a softened heart towards the Lord. And, you know, I just thought it was interesting because I was reading earlier how it says like, one of the reasons that Jesus spoke in parables was because people who had an open heart would receive it. But those who had a closed heart, it would actually blind them even further because they would be like, what is this man talking about? You know? And so in beholding and, and, you know, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to have like childlikeness, you know, is, is how we're supposed to approach the father, you know? And I love being able to just like, like you said, how you went up to that cabin or you go away to the mountains or wherever your place is. And you're just in this like tranquil peace and you just look and gaze upon God's creation. Like that's one of the things I love experiencing God and his beauty um, through creation and just being like, wow, like my God made that. Like, that's so beautiful, you know? And, yes. and you're right. You see him like in everything, you know? Yeah. Remember yeah. one day I was going for a run and it was like the chirping of the birds and, the <laughs> trees and all of this stuff. And it was just, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it brings you to just a place of peace. I think too. Yeah. To yeah. behold the father. Amen. 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 And, and we can have that, like, even if we can't get away for like, you know, a minute, like you can find it in a moment with your children. Right. And, and raising them up. And yes, mama's out there. Like I get it. There are tough moments, um, but there are so many beautiful ways, right. That we can foster and really minister to the Lord in our homes and making our homes a place where the Holy spirit can be, can be felt even by our children. Like the, yes. last night I was, we were getting ready for bed or I was getting ready Get, getting Hadassah ready for bed. And I was holding her in front of me and she, it was, it was kind of cute. She had like her knees up on me and she, I had her like in a little ball kind of, we were face to face. And I started saying, you know, the, um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. And then I'll pause and she'll say want, 
right? Um, and then we we go through the whole the whole chapter. So I memorize the chapter, and she is filling in large sentences of the scripture, but just it's like we were speaking the word of the Lord back and forth to each other. And it was just, I mean, it was so beautiful. And you know, the thing is, is like a person's worldview um primarily develops before the age of 13 years old. Think about that. So there is so much that <laughs> no pressure, but that we can do as parents, right? Raising our children and, and praying for them and speaking, you know, scripture, being mindful of what they're listening to all, you know, all the things I'm um, getting them involved in, in church or youth, um, youth group. And then <laughs> if there's not a youth pastor or a pastor who has biblical worldview praying for one or finding somewhere that does, Right. I mean, we, I mean, even in the church, we got to be mindful of whether or not our pastors or the people who are influencing our children, do they have a biblical worldview or not? Well, and also, I also want to put responsibility back on the parents, because as you look back in history, you know, parents were the main voices like in their children's lives. And then the institutions of school and education came about yep. and parents are now putting their children in the hands of other people for a majority of the day. And then kids are, are lost and they're broken and, and they're confused. And, and we kind of wonder why, you know? Yeah. And so I also encourage parents that God has entrusted you to mother. God has entrusted you to father that child. And so while we can other people can come alongside and encourage. It is our main responsibility to teach up and train a child in the way that they should go. Amen. So 13 is such a young age. And I just love hearing the story of like Hadassah, who's like only two, like, right. And she's like, she's like, she's like quoting scripture. Like yeah. what a beautiful thing that from, from a being a baby, this life with the Lord is just incorporated into her life. Scripture is incorporated into her life, music and worship and praise and all of that. And I just feel like, wow, what a way to just completely shift and change a whole family lineage. What a way to just, you know, affect the youth, you know, yeah. is with yeah. Amen. Amen. So my, my hope and my prayer, you know, for listeners is that, that you are encouraged by this, that, that, and I love what you were saying, Jenna, that, you know, putting the responsibility on, on the parents. Um, and so my prayer really, you know, for listeners that, that, uh, that Holy spirit shows you, you know, what are ways um, of course, to to raise up, you know, children in the way that they should go. Be mindful of who is speaking into their lives. Do they have a biblical worldview or not? Um, and then, just of course, it's always helpful to me <laughs> and encouraging to me, Jenna, to talk with you because I know you have a biblical worldview, and um, just you know, it's refreshing. And, and my hope and prayer for listeners is that you are encouraged by this. Just pray for pastors to to have that biblical worldview, to be in the word. And really, what is it, like we talked about, to have that transformation like Paul did? Because it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And once you encounter Jesus, nothing is the same. Mm-hmm. Amen. This is it.